This is PhotoBizX, episode number 516, and today we are talking with a photographer who has a multi-pronged approach to marketing. Now, this is something we always hear from photography business coaches and successful photographers, that we need to have multiple marketing channels running if we want to be successful. And today's guest is doing exactly that. I'm talking about Carol Ascott, who is a US-based pet photographer, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you grow a better photography business, even faster than going it alone. And I know you're going to love today's guest, Carol Ascott, whether or not you photograph pets, because she is utilizing marketing strategies that you can apply to your business, no matter what genre you photograph. So stick around for that. It's coming up shortly. If you didn't catch last week's episode with Mallory Dawn, That is one for wedding photographers specifically, especially if you are interested in attracting your perfect and ideal client. Mallory does photograph film. She does supplement that with digital photography, but she talks about ways that she is utilizing her work to attract her ideal couples, which is pretty cool when her wedding prices, her wedding photography prices start at almost $9,000 US dollars. Very, very cool. So get back and have a listen to Mallory Dawn in last week's episode if you didn't catch that one. Just one quick thing before we get into this interview with Carol. If you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I often head off to France or France and Spain at this time of year to go cycling, to see the Tour de France, escape our winter here, even though you might not think it's particularly cold if you're from much colder parts of the world. I can tell you it still gets cold here and I am looking forward to getting over to Spain next week. In fact, I'm leaving. So why am I telling you this? Well, to celebrate, I'm offering the PhotoBizX premium membership at a special price, which I do at this time of year. So if you are on the $20 per month plan for the PhotoBizX premium membership or you're looking to become a premium member and you absolutely should if you aren't, then you can get access right now to the 12-month membership for 40% off the regular price and it's in fact 50% less than you would be paying on the monthly membership. So to learn more about that and to sign up for that 12-month membership, head over to photobizx.com forward slash holiday special. You can sign up for $120 US dollars for the full 12 months, which is obviously $10 a month, an absolute bargain. All you need to do is implement one or two things that you hear on the podcast and you will have paid for your membership for years to come. So photobizx.com forward slash holiday special to sign up for that. Now, the really cool news is if you are already on the $20 per month plan and you've made a $20 payment in the month of May 2023, shoot me an email to let me know. I'll make sure you refunded that $20 that you've already paid this month once you've signed up for the 12-month membership. So you're pretty much getting your first year for $100 instead of the $120. 
More details are in the show notes for today's episode, but you can sign up again at photobizx.com forward slash holiday special. If you are already on that special price, you do not need to do anything at all because you will stay on that price and that special membership package. So no need for you to do anything if you are already on there. And I'll be doing everything I can to make sure you get fantastic value for your membership. So much so that I will still be releasing an interview and episode every single week while I'm away. So I'll be taking you with me on this cycling trip to Spain and France while helping you grow your photography business at the same time. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Alrighty, we are going to jump into this interview with Carol. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. So what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Carol. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. The good news, as you've just heard, is you can get access to the full interview, the full episode with Carol today and the full back catalogue with over 500 past guests with that 12-month special, that holiday special. Simply head to photobizx.com forward slash holiday special. And if you aren't sure, if you're not ready to make that kind of commitment, you can sign up for a 30-day trial membership for $1 over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest was referred to me by UK-based photography business coach Jeff Brown, who said... You need to get Carol on the podcast. She really is kicking some goals in her business. So I started looking around online and I immediately fell in love with her photos of her dog Moby. Photographed as a mad scientist, a cowboy, a martial artist, a washed up band member and more. I mean, these are so good. You need to see them. And I did a little bit more digging and I can see different promos that she's been running, senior dogs, book projects, calendar contests, Easter bunny and Santa sessions for dogs and more. And from the outside looking in, I see a photography business owner with a diversified approach to marketing with a busy shooting schedule and pricing, which is clearly laid out on her website at a place where she can't help but be profitable. I'm looking forward to learning so much more about this talented creative and who looks to be a fun photographer. I'm talking about Carol Arscott, who is based in Pennsylvania in the United States, and I am wrapped to have her with us now. Carol, welcome. Andrew, thank you so much. I'm not sure if I can live up to that intro, but I appreciate <laughs> your kind words. <laughs> well, you're going to have to start with Moby. I mean, I'm assuming he's your dog. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where do the ideas come from for those photos, and why do you do them? To be very honest, I was procrastinating doing my taxes. And so I wanted to do something fun with him. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not the best with with social media. It's not really my forte. I like going out and photographing dogs and not doing social media. But I found that when Moby makes an appearance on my social media, it goes crazy. He gets all the attention. So I just, you know, I just like to do some fun things with him. I started out doing some ideas with him. And then people started suggesting different occupations that they wanted to see him doing. So it kind of went from there. I love it. So let me just take the, say the washed up rock star looks like he's sitting in a cab. So how do you create that? So that's interesting. This is something that I'm just starting to explore. It's a mixture of photography, Photoshop composites, and AI. 
Right. Okay. So yeah, tell me more. So the AI is is very new to me. In fact, I really only discovered it a couple of weeks ago. And it's just amazing what you can do. You can create some really fun, unusual images. You know, they have to be sort of touched up in Photoshop because AI is not completely where you need it to be in terms of getting a reliable output at this time. But it, it sure is fun. And uh, <laughs> I can put him in all sorts of crazy, crazy scenes and crazy occupations. So take that one particular photo, the one of him as the washed up rock star in the cab. Like, So how much of that is photography and how much is AI and composite? So I started out with an image that I took of him. I used AI to put him in the cab and then I kind of used Photoshop to basically age him the way that I thought he might look as an aging rock star <laughs> that, you know, had partied a little too hard with maybe a little milk bone problem. And <laughs> So like, what about the jacket? I mean, did he actually have a jacket on? Did you go and source that? He did not. Right. So that's AI. That is fake. He was naked in the picture. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it's funny you say that, you know, you're not fantastic with social media because I mean I went through your certainly your Facebook you seem to be a lot more active there than even Instagram but it seems like you're regularly in there updating and posting yeah so the cornerstone of my business is rescue I'm a pet photographer and I'm you know very dedicated to rescue all my pets are rescue animals and I try to basically find a way to give back through everything I do. So most of my clients are actually coming from my rescue projects right now. So I just finished up a book project for the Delaware Valley Golden Retriever Rescue, and we've raised over $11,000 for them. So I was just thrilled that uh, that we were able to make that much on the project. You know, they made a lot of money. The dog owners got some beautiful wall art for their homes and it helped grow my business. So it was really a win all around. I have just recently done a calendar contest for American Bulldog Rescue in four weeks. We surpassed our goal and I think we raised I think we ended up at about eighty six hundred dollars. And that's before, you know, before the calendar is even completed. So in the fall, we'll be selling more calendars. They do have a, an opportunity to pre-order right now, but we'll be putting them on sale in the fall. So we'll be making even more for them. So how does that tie into the social media? Is that all the updates sir, about these contests, about the book projects? Yeah. So I, you know, I pretty much put the information out there for my followers to see if they would like to participate in any of the promotions. They can do that. I'm doing one for a senior dog haven and hospice rescue. Basically, they take in older dogs that really have a hard time getting adopted. Some of them are too old and too sick to be adopted out. So they spend their remaining days in the rescue and they do everything they can to give them the best time that they have left. Um, So, you know, it's really important to me to support that mission because it's not cheap, you know, to take care of these dogs with health issues that may never find a home. So that you're putting on the social media, because I'm just interested in the fact that you said I'm not very good at social media, but I went through. I mean, you're posting nearly every day. Yeah, I try to. I, you know, and I post for my client sessions, although I haven't been posting as much from them lately. I've been focusing on the rescue projects, but, you know, I try to give people a little sneak peek into what it would look like to work with me. I just did a photo Monday night. You know, usually I tell people it takes about two to three weeks for me to edit their photos. But I was so excited after the session, I had to come home and edit. At least we got a beautiful silhouette shot at sunset of the dog and his parents. And, you know, they were smooching over top of him and he was looking up at them and just a really heartwarming photo. So I you know, had to share that one right away. Okay, so you are in there regularly on Facebook and Instagram to some extent, but 
it's not so much a strategy as more about keeping people informed and updated of what's going on. Yeah, you know, I just like to engage with my followers. Most of my followers are people that I have worked with in one capacity or another. You know, some are people that have just found me and, and follow me, but you know, my clients end up being my friends. You know, either fantastic people. I love their dogs. We develop these, you know, these relationships. And just from my holiday sessions alone, I mean, oh gosh, from Santa, I think I probably photographed about four or 500 dogs this year, just from Santa alone. (laughs) Wow. So uh, Four or 500. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So are they buying prints, printed artwork, or are they buying digital files? So my pet store sessions are very different than my private client sessions. So this is more of a volume photography scenario. Um, My events typically sell out. You know, we did, uh, oh, I guess about seven different Santa events this year, and uh, the majority of them sold out. And there's probably about 50, maybe 60 dogs per day that come in, that come through. We do one every five minutes. Some people bring in multiple dogs. You know, sometimes we get a family of four dogs that come in, which is a challenge for Santa. But it's great. You know, it's a very low price point to make it accessible to everyone. It's a $30 session fee and they get two digital images. Now, they're not highly edited. You know, I do some light editing on them, some batch editing in Lightroom so that I can get them out the door quickly. You know, we need to have a quick turnaround at the holidays. So it's really not too involved from that standpoint. And then on the back end, on the on the other side, after their session, they have the opportunity to purchase the rest of the digitals from their gallery. I usually take between 10 and 20 images in that five minute time period. <laughs> I'm pretty fast. And they can also order you know, prints or keychains or, you know, holiday cards, those types of, of little things. And do they? Do they end up buying more? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you're doing four to five hundred Santa photos and they're thirty dollars session fees, I mean that's fifteen thousand dollars coming in there plus the upselling afterwards. That's pretty good. That's a lot. Yep. And about a third of that goes to rescue. Right. How does this work? You're partnering with the pet store. You organize the Santa and the day, and then what they advertise it on their socials. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. One of my primary partners is a doggy bakery. Fantastic. You know, upscale bakery that makes beautiful items. I mean, things that look better than what I see in human bakeries, just gorgeous, gorgeous things for the cupcakes and cookies and cannolis and anything you could want for your dog. It's a woman-owned business, so she likes to support other women-owned businesses, and we partner with another woman that, that runs a rescue. So the three of us sort of support each other and promote each other and just grow everything together. So it's a really nice sort of symbiotic relationship. I love this. So just tell me then, Carol, so you go and partner with her. So Santa comes to her bakery for these sessions, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then the pet rescue is involved. So they help promote it. So they help get people to the bakery. Mm -hmm. So what's in it for the baker? Is she hoping that people buy baked goods when they're there for the photo session? Yeah. So I'm basically getting people in the door for her. Right. So she has all these people that, you know, may not have come in that particular day. I mean, she has her own huge following, but Santa is a huge draw. So the people come in and I'd say the majority of people buy something while they're there. But what happens after the session is if they order prints, which most of the people did at Christmas time, I then deliver them to the bakery within a week of the session and they come back to the bakery to pick up their items. So then they're going to do some more shopping. I like that. That's great. 
So she's getting two touch points there. She's also getting a lot of attention on social media because people are sharing the event. You know, Sarah's going to be here and everyone's tagging their friends. So she's getting a lot of visibility that way. And, uh, you know, people are coming in and saying that the Santa sessions were better than the ones they took their children to. You know, I have a, a fantastic Santa. He looks like he's straight out of the North Pole. You know, we try to do it upright. I'm actually coming out with a course on pet store sessions in the next month or so, because I've had so many people ask me, how do you do it? How do you do it successfully? How do you make money at it? Especially with it being a low price point. Okay. All right. So that's probably going to be available when this goes live, this interview goes live. So I'll link that in the show notes, but tell me then, so if the nuts and bolts are going to be in that course, the clients that come in for a pet session, they pay their $30, they get basically an upsell afterwards to purchase more if they want to. Do any of those clients go on to become actual like pet photography clients? Yes. So afterwards, after their session, I send them a voucher and I offer them a free session, basically. So there's no session fee for them if they would like to have a private session with me. And they also get $100 off the package of their choice as a thank you for you know being a Santa client. And uh, I've had quite a few that, you know, want to go on and to bigger and better things and, and get some custom artwork. You know, obviously Santa is great and it's fun, but it's a lot different than my custom artwork that I do for clients. For sure. But it sounds like that's a great lead in t- or an introduction to you and what you offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, um, giving out the vouchers helps take a little bit of the of the risk away from, you know, from the situation because Santa may have been the first time they've ever worked with me. They may not have heard of me before. So this way, you know, they can they get a little sampling of of what I do and and what my personality is like to see if it's a good fit for us to work together. You know, and, and then we can go on and and we have a meeting and plan out their whole session. We find a location that is special to them and their dog, you know, plan what types of images they want, how they want to use their images, whether they want wall art or an album, that sort of thing. And and then we just work together to create some some amazing images. Nice. All right. Awesome. Just a couple more quick things on the Santa photos. Is it just you there on the day or do you need to have assistance with you to help manage the number of clients coming through? If I was smart, I would have an assistant. <laughs> um, no, to be honest, I have it down to such a science now that I don't really need an assistant. That being said, the bakery is very helpful and, you know, they'll kind of jump in when they can if they're not busy helping other customers and they'll, you know, squeak the toys behind me or or try to keep the workflow moving along. I do it based on a reservation system. So you cannot come to see Santa unless you have already reserved your time ahead. And paid? So, yes. Then they have to pay ahead of time. Right. Okay. Yeah. So whoever's turning up has booked and paid. Yes. So because, so I've learned many lessons over the years of doing this. When I first started out, I was just putting it out there saying, hey, Santa Sessions, come on out on Saturday. And some people would show up each year, more and more people would show up. But then I'm trying to take payment, you know, as I'm doing the photos and I was there by myself and it's really hard to do. So I realized early on that I needed to automate. (laughs) So, and also, if you just put it out there that there's a session next Saturday, people will forget about it, or they'll wake up and it's raining and they'll say, oh, I don't feel like going out in the rain. Let's just skip it. But if they've already paid, they're going to (laughs) come. So, and the other thing is I had situations in past years where, you know, 
10 people would show up at once if it was not scheduled. And then you have people waiting in line. You have dogs being a little crazy. So obviously that wasn't the best approach. So now they're scheduled every five minutes. They typically uh, will wait sort of outside of the store and then come in, you know, when it's their turn and it, it moves very smoothly. So good. I love it. All right. So where will this course be available, Carol? Is it on your website? There'll be a link on my website, yes. Okay, fantastic. Now, tell me about your business because you haven't been a full-time pet photographer for that long, have you? I have not. So I just quit my full-time job in December. My last day was January 6th. And uh, yeah, I have not looked back. (laughs) So what were you doing and why did you decide to quit? I was an IT project manager and just spreadsheets just sort of crushed my soul. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, who wouldn't want to play with dogs all day? But so I know you say that and you're sort of, it's a little bit, I guess, jokingly, who wouldn't want to play with dogs all day, but have you found, or do you think you're going to find that running a business isn't just playing with a dog all day? Yeah. You know, so (laughs) when I quit my job, I said to people, oh, it'd be great in January. We can go out to lunch. We can, you know, I'll have plenty of time. Turns out I don't. So there is a lot to do when you're running a business. So yes, unfortunately, the actual dog playtime is is not as much as I would like it to be. There's marketing, there's PR, there's accounting, there's, you know, social media, all of the other things. But even though those aren't necessarily my favorite things to do, the fact that it's 100% mine it just, you know, makes me get up every day and, and look forward to what's, you know, what's going to happen today. For sure. For sure. You know, I don't have anyone else to answer to. And ultimately, I'm responsible for my own success. So I better I better get up and get moving every day. <laughs> so true. What strikes me as interesting, particularly talking to a US-based photographer, is I feel as though, and I might be wrong here, but I feel as though it's more of a risk for you to go full-time with your own business because you have generally, from what I hear and what I see on TV, is you have so many benefits tied up with a full-time job, which you have to give up when you go to work for yourself. So what was your decision-making process to say, okay, I can do this? Like I'm at a point where, yep, I'm going to throw away those benefits and take the risk and run my own business. Yeah, you know, so you're not the only person that has brought that up. When people found out I was quitting my job, they said, seriously, you have six weeks of vacation and healthcare and, you know, all of this other stuff, and you're giving that up to take pictures of dogs? <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, so, you know, I got to the point in my business where I guess it was growing pains. I was at the point where I could not take on any more while working a full-time job. I'm also a single mom with four kids. So, you know, my life is busy. Um, (laughs) And I was at the point where my business kind of plateaued. I just did not have time to take anything else on, any more rescue projects or or anything else. And as it was, I mean, I was working nights and weekends, you know, obviously in, in my business. And there's only so long you can keep up that pace. And so I didn't know how I was going to do it. In fact, I just started telling people in the fall, I'm quitting my job in March. The words just came out of my mouth. I had no idea how I was going to do it. Um, And the more I said it, the more I convinced myself. And I started looking around for benefits, you know, as a self-employed person to figure out how to do that. And um, so then I started thinking "Ah, I would move it up to maybe February or January. I was getting closer to it. And then one day I had a meeting with my boss and he wanted to talk about all the new initiatives for the new year. And I said, I, I got to tell you something. I said, I'm out. 
I said, I'm, I'm quitting at, you know, and it kind of surprised me as much as it surprised him. And, uh, and, and yeah, I just went from there and figured it out. And now four or five months on, how do you feel about it? I feel great. Awesome. It's the it, best decision I've ever made. Yeah. It, and it really, it really does push you, you know, to really get out there and, and do it, you know, because while I was working my full-time job, it was nice to have the extra money coming in, but I, I didn't need the money. You know, I already had a job that was paying the bills. So, you know, it was kind of, I didn't have that urgency to go out and really hustle and and get the business. So now that I'm, you know, on my own and uh, (laughs) there's no paycheck coming in, uh, it's up to me to, to go out and create the opportunities. And, you know, it's, it's just building relationships and, um, you know, opportunities just present themselves when you're passionate about what you what you're doing. Uh, if you love what you do, it it just it just happens. So, do you think it was your love of pet photography, dog photography, or your dislike for spreadsheets? You know, the, I mean, and I'm, I'm asking seriously because I mean, you could have kept the GIT job and just photographed dogs for fun. Mm-hmm. Like, why make it a full-time business? Why have the extra stress? You've got the four kids, you have the income. Because I just, I love it so much. You know, I love, I love going out. And at the end of the evening, I have something that didn't exist earlier that day. I have beautiful images of beautiful dogs. I've created memories for people, you know, because unfortunately our dogs aren't with us as long as we would like them to be. And, you know, unfortunately I, I've, had some clients whose dogs have passed away and they've come back to me and they say, I am so glad I did that session with you. I'm so glad I have these images. Um, Everybody has tons of pictures of their dogs on their phone. You know, I have thousands of Moby and, and my other dog Oreo on my phone, but it's not the same. You know, I want somebody to be able to come down every morning and, and see that picture. Or when they come home from work every night, they can sit on their couch and look at that beautiful image of their dog and remember that day that they spent with their dog. Got it. Did you have a meeting with your accountant when you were making the decision to go full-time with the photography business? No. So you looked at the financials yourself and thought, mm-hmm. this is doable. Mm-hmm. Great. And then, then have you spoken to an accountant since? And if so, what did they say? Yeah. So I had talked to an accountant about, you know, just in terms of the tax structure for my business, whether I should set up an S-corp or, you know, what would be appropriate right now. And And he looked at my numbers and he said, you do realize this isn't normal, right? And I, I said, what do you mean? He said, well, photographers don't usually make that big of a jump in a year's time, you know, in terms of in terms of income from where I was, you know, in 2021 to, to where I went in 2022. So he was he was a little surprised by that. So what was the jump? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, in 2021. So, you know, you might remember a little a little thing called the pandemic <laughs> that came around in 2020. I started my business in 2019 at the end of 2019, and then promptly shut it down in 2020, sort of shut it down. So I I tried to think of ways that I could keep my business going and kind of keep in touch with, you know, with the followers that I had. So that's when I started doing Photoshop composites. People could send me cell phone pictures of their dogs, and I would put them into a scene in Photoshop. And that sort of kept the business going and and helped me continue to grow followers. Um, And then in 2021, I decided to you know, give it a, a more of a go, get back into when we could start being in person again. But I had the problem that I could not sell a digital image for $25. Yeah. 
you know, people loved the pictures. So people didn't want to pay that much for them or you no. couldn't survive? Oh, they didn't? They did not want to pay that for, for their images. They thought that was too much. So, you know, I worked with a coach and she told me, you need to raise your prices. And I said, you're crazy lady. If I can't sell it for $25, how am I going to, how am I going to, you know, do what you're suggesting? Because she suggested a very big hike in, in price. And she said, people don't value what you do. You're too cheap. And she said, you cannot operate as a legal business at $25 per digital because you're paying 30% in self-employment tax. You know, you have expenses, especially if you go full time, you have healthcare you have to pay for, you have all the software. I mean, you know, as photographers have so much software that they have to deal with, which is not a fun way to spend your money, but um, it's a necessity as your business grows, you know, your CRM and your website and your galleries and your scheduler and your, you know, slideshow software, just so many different things. Um, and then the fees that you pay with Stripe or PayPal. I mean, all these things that people don't really think about. And it made total sense. And she made me redo my prices. And you know, she had a little formula and we had to had to do our prices and our cost of doing business. And then we had to put it into a thing and, and print it out so that we had a hard copy basically pamphlet that we could hand out to people because if it's in print, you can't change it. <laughs> you have to, you have to go with that price. And I almost threw up, honestly, you know, I, I said, I can't, I can't say these numbers out loud. I mean, this is, you know, and she said, this is what it takes to run a business. If you want to be able to, you know, have a roof over your head and, you know, if, if you're serious about giving up your job. And so I followed her advice and you know, I found a different clientele that that did value photography and, you know, things do cost money. You know, it'd be great if we could all get everything free, you know, it'd be or cheap. It would be great if I could get a car for $5,000, <laughs> but, I, you know, I can't. <laughs> so, and, you know, photography, it's a mindset thing too. Photography is a luxury, right? It's not something that someone has to have. It's not something that they can't live without. It's a luxury. If they choose to spend their money on that, then, you know, that's their decision. If they choose not to, that's also their decision. So people need to understand what goes on behind that. There's so much money that I have put into education, you know, to learn how to do what I do. Sure. I never, I didn't go to school for it, but I have worked with various coaches and I've done a lot of online education because the education piece is so important, right? I mean, I could figure it out myself. But isn't it better if I can get to a place faster learning from somebody who's been there and who's made the mistakes already? Yeah, absolutely. And then that's what I want to turn around and do and help other photographers because I've made a lot of mistakes and I've learned a lot along the way. So if I can help somebody skip over those steps and be profitable sooner, then, you know, all the better. When when you look at starting a business for yourself, there is so much that goes into it. You know, there's 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 some guilt you know, it feels selfish to to be doing this because this is something I love. This is my passion. I'm pursuing it. You know, is it a is it a selfish decision? But ultimately, you know, I want to set an example for my kids to to really find their passion and to follow what they love. I don't want them to be in a job that they don't enjoy for the rest of their life. I want them to go out and and make it happen for themselves. So yeah, you know, and I have different revenue streams. Um, it's not just 
the photography, you know, I have my private clients, my, my rescue projects. I have my, my pet store sessions. I also do coaching. I'm coming out with some courses and I'm actually leading a workshop for photographers in Sedona, Arizona next January that I'm super excited about. Unreal. Unreal. So how do you get past that feeling if you do have it of, you know, that imposter syndrome when you start, you know, teaching photography as well? You know, the imposter syndrome was real when I first raised my prices because I thought, who am I to be charging these prices? But when I see how people respond to the photos of their pets and how much it means to them, you just can't put that into words, you know, to be able to give that to someone, that gift. You know, they come to me because they can't take pictures of their dogs themselves. These types of pictures, they can't, you know, sometimes their dogs are really wild and they doubt that I'll be able to get a picture. And I said, you know what? I've, I've never met a dog I couldn't photograph. So it's just showing up and doing it every day. And gradually you get, you get past that imposter syndrome. I love it. I love it. I want to get into uh, one or two of your marketing strategies, but just before that, you know, you, you're a photographer that is embracing or seems to be embracing AI. Where do you see it in your business in the future? So to be honest, I don't use it with my client work. So right now it works well with Moby because he is all one color and he's pretty generic looking. If you put, I can't use it with my other dog. She is a black dog with a white stripe on her chest and it turns her into a completely different dog. <laughs> it turns her into a white dog with a black stripe or a white dog with black spots. Um, so it's not there yet, you know, and AI is not meant to be a filter, you know, like you would do on Instagram or or whatever. So right now, I, I think it's a little bit limited. It's fun to play with for sure. Uh, you know, I love doing that. But it's not at the point where you can explicitly tell it to do this with this dog and have the dog come out looking like itself. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's far off. I think I think that that, you know, that's that's coming. Um, cool. But right now, it's just sort of a fun toy. So are you using are you using mid journey or something else? I'm using mid journey. Yeah. yeah okay. Awesome. So, you know, when you talk about or when you think about your different marketing campaigns that you've run for one of a better term to bring clients in, which is one that you feel mm, I really couldn't do without that? Like that's that's sort of the, the backbone of the business. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, the, the, the book projects have have really been great. You know, I, I did that, that book project last year for the Golden Retriever Rescue. And, um, you know, I started out saying that there were going to be 30 dogs in the book. And we ended up we ended up with nearly 50 dogs because we had such a great response to it. Um, now, not everybody wanted, you know, a, a, a private session. Some people just wanted to be in the book and that's perfectly fine. But for people that did, you know, want more, I went out to them. I spent, you know, spent the, the afternoon with them and, and, and took time and photographed their dog. And, and they got some really some really nice memories from that. It's just been such a fantastic experience to be able to give back because, you know, to raise $11,000, our, our original goal, I think, was, was something like 5000 <laughs> And we just kept blowing past each goal. Um, and the book hasn't even, we, we took some pre-orders for the book, but I think there's going to be you know, a few more sales now. They We have the gala that we're releasing it this Saturday. And then I have a few book signings coming up. So there should be some more sales there. So. so good. So good. So 
you know, you have the book projects. It sounds like you've run them a couple of times or you're doing a second one now. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's right. So with your seniors campaign, is that a book project as well? So that is not. So that rescue is a smaller rescue. They don't have a physical location like the other rescue does. Um, they don't have as large of a following. So I talked with the rescue because I, you know, I meet with rescues when I try to figure out how to best help them to see what projects would be most appropriate for them and bring in the money that that they need. So what we decided to do for them is that I am photographing 60 senior dogs and 100% of the session fee goes to the rescue. And then instead of doing a book, I'm putting together basically a magazine. So it's going to be just a soft cover magazine type publication that features each dog. It'll be a similar layout, you know, the dog, a little bit of a story about each dog that is significantly cheaper to produce. Uh, So that way there's not a lot of outlay in terms of, you know, the cost of the books and um, they can easily distribute them to the the owners whose dogs are in the books. They can sell those and it it just seems like a, a much better fit for them. So it's still the same concept, but a lot lower price point on the, on the final product. So why would that even matter? Like what the price point is, because the rescue is not paying for the book. They're not really selling the book. You're you're getting the money for the rescue from the session fees. And then you're, I expect, making additional sales on the back end. So why would the rescue care what the cost of the book or magazine is? Because here's where that comes in. So through the publisher I use, it costs about $25 to produce a hardcover coffee table book. Um, that can be more or less depending on how many pages you have and, you know, the other options that you that you choose, whether you want a dust jacket, that sort of thing. So the cost of the book is $25. The rescue can charge whatever they want for it. The rescue I work with chose to charge $50. So they make the $25 difference on each book. But there's a minimum. Right. Okay. So they're really having the chance to double dip. They could just take the session fee and be happy and sell it for $25 too, couldn't they? They could. So, so who are they selling it to? Because aren't you, I imagine you're selling it to the people that are in the magazine or the book. Who are they selling it to? So what happens is you, you really need to order about 100 is the minimum number of books, you know, to be able to get that price. So we needed to make sure that we could sell 100 books. With 50 dogs in the book, that's pretty easy to do. Most people bought multiple copies. They bought it for their parents or for their dog walker, you know, their dog groomer in, in some cases, that sort of thing. So I would say most people probably ordered at least two books. And then they have a huge network of supporters that just come out of the woodwork for their fundraising events. So they are also purchasing the book. They have a huge spring gala where they have a a crazy, crazy auction, live auction where people just are are really generous and bidding on things. So we're anticipating that most of the people that come to the gala are also going to buy the book just, you know, to support the rescue. And plus, I mean, it's full of beautiful golden retrievers. I mean, you know, and also this particular rescue is a very tight knit community. People don't adopt and just go away. They come back to the rescue for play dates. They have events that, you know, Halloween parades that all of their alumni come back and they all know each other. You know, it's just a great community. So even if their dog is not in the book, they know a lot of the dogs that are in the book. Got it. So it's it's special to them. Now, this other rescue, they don't have that type of setup. They don't have a big gala, big fundraiser. 
So they don't have a physical location. They don't have a big gala type fundraiser. So I think it would be an easier sell for them to, you know, to sell a magazine for 15 to $20, you know, to their followers. So, so, but it doesn't really matter what they sell if they're getting the session fee though, or is this just an, an added way? Like why do they need to make a profit on the magazine? They don't have to. I mean, technically wouldn't even have to do a magazine, but we want everyone to have something tangible, you know, to be able to see all the dogs, you know, that, that participated in the project. So it's, it's just sort of icing on the cake for them to, you know, to make a little bit more money. Got it. Okay. I want to take you back to the actual magazine campaign or marketing strategy in just a second, but let me ask you when you approach a rescue, because you said earlier, the business is all about networking. And I, I agree. I agree hundred percent. But when you approach any rescue, but let's say the one for the magazine at the moment, when you approach them as a photographer and you say, like, just tell me, how do you get in the door? And surely they've heard from other photographers in the past. Like, how do you get your foot in the door? How does that first conversation, that first email, um, that first phone call, how does that go where it gets you in the door to start talking about marketing or, or partnering? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Carol, your kids now are they are they happy that you've left the other job? What, what are they What are they saying about Mum now that she's a full time pet photographer? Um, you know they don't they don't say too much. I think my my one son isn't necessarily happy about it. He had to be my Easter bunny last week. So. <laughs> That's gold. <laughs> he got, he got, uh, yeah, he got drafted to be the Easter Bunny. But you know, it, it's great because I, you know, I'm home when my youngest gets home from school. You know, if there's events that that they have at, at school, I can I can go to them without a problem. Just the flexibility in my schedule is is just really fun, and I really like to to turn some of these trips into into family trips. You know, we went down to Washington D.C. I took all the boys with me. We went to Gettysburg for a night and spent a night in a in a haunted bed and breakfast. And, you know, we just tried to make it fun. We all took a trip to the shore, the Jersey Shore last summer for a for a client photo shoot. Um, so I tried to bring them along with me and make a little trip out of it whenever I can. So good. So life is better now. Absolutely. Carol, it's been so good to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you have. And massive congrats on your success. I, I can't wait to hear about the courses, the training, and all the things you have happening. So keep us posted, and uh, I'll be sure to share with uh, other listeners as well. Yeah, thank you so much, Andrew. And the kids love it. Like when I, you know, when I get to go on a podcast, I send them the link, and you know, my my one son shares it with his friends. And so good. Yeah. So good. Again, Carol, massive congrats and thank you again so much. Thank you, Andrew. This has been great chatting with you. And I will, I will work on that picture of Moby as a, as a podcaster. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that interview with Carol as much as I did. Carol, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did. What an incredible business. It sounds like you've created the life that you want to have, an inspiration for your kids and yeah, look again, just massive congrats and, and thanks again for coming on and sharing what you did. I love the photos of Moby and the one that you created specifically for me, which I've shared in the show notes. So thank you for that. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Carol had to share. If you do have a follow-up question for her, you can hit her up in the comments area of the show notes. This week, they're at photobizx.com forward slash 516. The comments area is at the very bottom of the page. And above that, 
You'll see examples of Carol's incredible work. You'll see the fantastic image that she created of Moby, the podcaster, (laughs) in the show notes as well, which is just great. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Carol into the members Facebook group. So you'll have easy access to her there as well. And you'll also find links to her social media profiles and website in the show notes. It's all there in that one spot. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. I am going to get this wrapped up, edited and out to you and then it'll be off to Sydney. I'm heading down to Mark Rosetto's Photography Industry Night and Workshop down in Sydney this evening. In fact, I'm getting a chance to have a little talk there for 10 minutes or so. I'm hoping to record some little interviews with photographers down there at the industry night and uh, it's going to be great to see some old friends, make some new ones and if you are there... Hopefully we get a chance to have a chat as well. Alrighty, that is it for this episode. Thanks again to Carol for coming on and sharing everything she did. Don't forget to go and check out the 12-month membership special. It's only available this week. There are more details at photovizx.com forward slash holiday special. Alright, until next week, stay safe, healthy and well, and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 